2: You have made it through the week. It's Fourth of July weekend. Praise be to God. I hope you're going to have a great weekend. We have a, a wonderful show to for you today. Raising big, beautiful Catholic families is on the agenda today. Um, we have uh, Kendra Tierney is in our guest segment today. She is uh, about living liturgically in her family. Kind of like the Von Trapps. You remember Maria Von Trapp? Where she wrote this incredible book that's been republished. Sophia Institute Press republished it. And it's about, you know, imbibing the liturgical calendar within the family life, living and breathing the Catholic patrimony every day in your family life. Well, Kendra has sort of embraced that lifestyle and she has books out and and a bunch of other stuff. She has a blog, she's on uh you know Instagram and many other places. Kendra Tierney is going to be our guest, homemaker, homeschooler, Catholic and blogger, author and more. Her website I think is catholicallyear.com. But she's going to be our guest in the guest segment. But coming from another big family, one that you probably have heard of before is Jim Wahlberg. Now Jim Walberg, his uh he's got a young he's got a couple of famous brothers, right? Mark Wahlberg. Famous actor. Well, Jim spent some time in prison, and he met an incredible, famous person that literally changed his life, Mother St. Teresa. And he's going to share with us a little bit about that journey and about how the Catholic faith has now transformed his life from addiction and and, uh, drugs and alcohol and crime to to doing something uh, that's going to help to transform other people's lives. He's got books out. He's got a movie out uh, and other stuff. So we're going to be speaking with Jim Wahlberg in our What's Concerning Us segment. It's going to be a jam-packed show. We're very excited about it on this Friday as we go into a three-day weekend. We will not be here on Monday. We will be doing a best of on Monday. We are all going to be sleeping in to at least 7.30 in the morning. It's going to be incredible. Good morning to you, Janelle.
3: Good morning, Mr. Joe. I'm so excited to sleep in I know, <laughs> to at least
2: great, 730. 7.30. 7.30. I mean, 7.30. Unless, unless we should... Dare we be super lazy and go to 8 a.m.? Yes. I well, don't know. I don't
3: know. You know, all timing is the Lord's. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of that, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Praise yeah. be to God. So, what are you on the hook for? 7 30, 8 a.m.? Uh,
1: Can know, you go to 9? Is uh, that possible?
2: That would be very slothful. <laughs> it
1: would, it would no, be super. I can't,
2: can't be sleeping till 9. That's, <laughs> You'd have to go think, straight
1: to confession. Yeah, that's very slothful.
2: Now, so. I was planning on sleeping in tomorrow, but tomorrow is first Saturday. So got to get up early and go to first Saturday. Praise be to God.
1: You I will get, probably be sleeping in
2: tomorrow. Are you? I'll be sleeping in. <laughs> You're going to sleep in tomorrow. Uh, probably the, the, probably the whole, just the whole
1: day. The the whole day. And then catch up on the last uh, month, you know, it's <laughs>
2: July now. <laughs> I know, so I need to catch up on June sleep. So there you go. You know, uh, I've done that before. It does feel good. Doesn't it? I, I just like a, I have guilty pleasure to say that I enjoy, I've enjoyed sleeping in quite a bit in my life, but, uh, I don't know. Anyway, praise be to God. It's going to be a great weekend, 4th of July. Hopefully, there's going to be a lot of uh, opportunity to celebrate with friends and family. And remember the founding of our country. You know, just this morning, I, I looked up the the text to the Declaration of Independence. I wonder, when's the last time you've ever read the Declaration of Independence? Uh, Janelle, have you read the declara- Declaration?
3: I have. Yeah. I don't remember much. Um, I think I read it in middle school mm. or so, maybe seventh grade.
2: Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty common, I would say. Adrian, when's the last time you've read it? Last time I read the Declaration of Independence. Wow. That was
1: probably senior year of high school, junior year of high school. a while ago. It's been
2: a very long time. Yeah. I think it might be a good practice this weekend. It's not – okay. It's a little toothy and long in the tooth, but not that bad, really. Uh, Maybe take a moment this weekend and pull it up. Google it. You'll find it. It's super easy. And give it a read. And remind yourself of why the country made the decision it did to try to break away from from Britain. Um, And then I suppose if you're really lazy or slothful, you can just watch Hamilton or something. (laughs) It's kind of the same thing, sort of. Really. I may or may not have seen that. You can get the cliff
3: notes, maybe. <laughs> you may or may
2: not may have not, memorized it. <laughs> may or may not have seen it multiple times. <laughs> right. At any rate, uh, we were praying for your 4th of July weekend. As I said, Monday is going to be an off day for us, so we will play a best of. So, Adrian, who's on the agenda for Monday? Uh, I will let you know later today. I see. You're not committing to anything. Okay. Not quite, okay. not
3: quite. It's like the uh, element of surprise.
2: All right, well, praise be to God in all things. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, to next week as well. We're going to have uh, some interesting guests on. I think Bishop Athanasius Schneider's on again for next week, so it'll be good to have him back. Praise be to God. Let's jump into the show. Again, Kendra Tierney is going to be our guest in the guest segment, CatholicAllYear.com is her website. And then Jim Wahlberg, brother of... Uh, Mark Wahlberg, actor, singer, all all of that, is going to be our guest to talk about his recovery, his reconversion to the faith, and so much more on our What's Concerning Us segment. So it's going to be a jam-packed hour. Let's pray for your intentions. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Janelle Lay.
3: Looking at the headlines today, Vatican suppresses Italy-based lay movement founded by alleged visionary. From the church militant, Rome Pride Blasphemes Jesus and Mocks Francis. Thousands of supporters of sodomy and other sexual perversions marched in Rome's LGBTQ Pride Festival Saturday evening, portraying Jesus as a homosexual and mocking Pope Francis and the Catholic Church. The blasphemous events coincided with the homosexualist Jesuit Father James Martin's outreach LGBTQ Catholic Ministry webinar, which Francis commended in a handwritten letter in Spanish thanking Martin for his pastoral zeal and ability to be close to people. Italian Catholics and evangelicals expressed a deep distress at the pontiff's silence on the explicit and widespread Christophobia displayed by participants of the march. The images that I saw were horrific beyond description, and the way they blasphemed Jesus and his redemptive sacrifice on the cross made me feel sick. Journalist Nausicaa Della Valle told Church Militant. Della Valle, a former lesbian who is now a committed Christian that runs a conversion therapy program for homosexuals, expressed her disappointment that not even the Pope or the Bishop said anything. We are disgusted by what goes on at pride events in Italian cities, and we speak about it in our churches. But unlike the Catholic Church, we don't have the means to get our voices heard on the national level, Della Valle, a member of the Parola della Grecia, Word of Grace Churches, lamented. DeLavalle, who has shared her testimony in her book Nausicaa, The Truth That Set Me Free, stressed, we are in a spiritual war between Christ and the spirit of the Antichrist. She has asked people to pray for the blasphemers so that they can know Christ. From Town Hall, Facebook's latest warning to users is creeping people out. As part of their strategy to combat extremism, Facebook is issuing a new warning to users about harmful content an individual may have been exposed to. They're also urging users to turn in others they suspect of being extremists. You may have been exposed to harmful extremist content recently. Violent groups try to manipulate your anger and disappointment. You can take action now to protect yourself and others. Get support from experts, spot the signs, understand the dangers of extremism, and hear from people who escaped violent groups when warning states. Are you concerned that someone you know is becoming an extremist? We care about preventing extremism on Facebook. Others in your situation have received confidential support, another says. How can you help, hear stories and get advice from people who escaped violent extremist groups? The backlash from conservative users was swift. One tweeted, I have a real concern that some leftist technocrats are creating an Orwellian government environment where people are being arbitrarily silenced or banned from saying something the thought police doesn't like. From the Epic Times, Arizona ballot harvesting ban is legal. Supreme Court rules in high-stakes electoral integrity case. Arizona's ban on ballot harvesting and out-of-precinct voting doesn't violate the Federal Voting Rights Act. The Supreme Court ruled 6-3 in a closely watched case with implications for future elections. The court opinions split neatly along ideological and partisan lines, with the six conservative justices nominated by Republican presidents voting to uphold the state rules and the three liberal justices nominated by Democratic presidents voting to strike them down. The ruling comes one day after Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf, a Democrat, vetoed a Republican-backed election overhaul bill and one week after the Biden Department of Justice sued Georgia over the state's new GOP-supported electoral oral integrity law, claiming that it amounts to so-called voter suppression. Former DOJ civil rights attorney Jay Christian Anna Adams praised the ruling, calling it a clear victory for election integrity. The court obliterated the idea that there must be demonstrable voter fraud to enact a law to deter and prevent it, Adams, president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation, said in a statement. This is a big blow to the vote fraud deniers who have turned to the courts to make our elections less secure. I'm Janelle Lay, and those are your headline news for Friday, July 2nd. God love you.
1: The saint of the day is St. Swithin. He was born in the 800 AD at Wessex, England and raised in an abbey. He became a priest and chaplain to Egbert, King of West Saxons. He is a tutor to Prince Ethelwolf and Bishop of Winchester, England. The miracles associated with his relics, his shrine was destroyed during the Reformation and almost 60 ancient British churches were named for him. His patronage, his patronage of the weather arose when monks tried to translate his body from an outdoor grave to a golden shrine in the cathedral in 871. Swithin apparently did not approve as it started raining for 40 days. The weather on the festival of his translation indicates, according to an old rhyme, the weather for the next 40 days. St. Swithin's day, if thou dost rain, for 40 days it will remain. St. Swithin's day, if thou be fair, for 40 days twill rain nay mare. He died on the 2nd of July, 862 of natural causes. His relics were transferred to Canterbury, England in 1006 by St. Elphage of Winchester. St. Swithin,
2: pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he was at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. The Pharisees saw this and said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? He heard this and said, Those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of the words, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Ambrose said, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. These words occur in the prophet Hosea, uh, chapter 6, verse 6. The Pharisees thought, They were making a great sacrifice and acceptable to God by breaking off all commerce with sinners. But God prefers the mercy of the charitable physician who frequents the company of sinners, but merely to cure them. Now, let that sink in for a moment, but there's a double layer here. There's an extra layer that most of us probably are going to miss because we think with our 21st century Western minds, we fail to miss some of the details. The reason Jesus quotes Hosea 6 verse 6 is because Hosea's, uh, uh, his letter, his his writing was to the northern kingdom. Now you might recall King Solomon, uh, when he uh, died, his son Rehoboam took over and his son broke the kingdom into two because of his heavy tax burden and his uh, sort of uh, his crazy lifestyle. And the northern tribes, they left and they what did they do? They refused to go to the temple to, uh, to worship properly. So they set back up the golden calf. They set up their own idols and they broke away and they went back to paganism and idolatry. And Hosea was chastising them when he said, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And so when Jesus quotes this to the Pharisees, he is laying the hammer to the Pharisees. Because not only did they not want to associate with tax collectors, not only did they not want to associate with Gentiles, but golly, it's definitely not those crazy people up north either. It's a hammer blow. Ignatius Catholic Study Bible today, their commentary was spot on. And I want to thank Verboom.com forward slash GRN for sponsoring our gospel reflection. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. The heart of calling sinners to conversion. That is the mission of the church. We'll be right back, Jim is our guest. We're going to talk about that very thing.
1: Don't go Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Bay Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
4: We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at CatholicsComeHome.org
2: Praise be to God in all things. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's good to be on with you. At 35 past the hour, Kendra Tierney is going to be our guest from CatholicAllYear.com to talk about raising big, beautiful Catholic families, living the liturgical life, kind of like... a. The Sound of Music, Maria von Trapp. It's a lot like that. We're going to have that conversation at 35 past the hour. Joining us right now, though, is Jim Wahlberg. He has a book out called The Big Hustle, a a Boston street kid's story of addiction and redemption. He also has a a film. He's made many films, but this one is WhatAboutTheKidsFilm.com. We're going to talk about that, too. Good morning to you, Jim. Thanks for being on our program. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, praise be to God that it, uh, it's good to have a conversation, especially in light of our gospel today and raising big families. Now you come from a big family, uh, but right. your big family probably had a lot more rockier days than than our guest is going to come up next. Tell us about uh, how you landed yourself in prison and how you had a moment of uh, of uh, incredible uh, conversion experience there in the prison system.
5: Well, it, you know, it was the journey to prison was a lot shorter than the journey from prison. I can tell you that, um, you know, I'm one of nine kids. I'm the middle child of nine kids. And, um, you know, I, I was starved for attention. I was starved for, for love. And I was looking for it in all the wrong places, as the song says. And, um, you know, I was looking for it in the streets. That's where I would find it. And, you know, the guys that were doing all the wrong things were only too happy to accept me into their little gang, you know? And, um, Right away, I started to, you know, I started with cigarettes. I started smoking cigarettes and then I started drinking and I was drinking alcohol. I think the first time I got drunk, I was about eight years old. Wow. Uh, Yeah. And it was older kids in the neighborhood thought it'd be funny to watch a little kid drink. I drank. Um, Nothing really happened in the way of outside consequences. But what happened was, is I had a, I, I found a feeling of acceptance in a feeling of belonging and a feeling of like I was part of the, the gang, if you will. Um, the next time I drank was a similar situation. It was a bunch of older, older kids. And when I say older, I mean, <clears throat> you know, the second time I drank, I think I was 10 and the kids I was hanging around with were probably 17 or 18. Mm. And um, this time, <clears throat> excuse me, I had, uh, I stole somebody's wallet from their locker at the YMCA where I lived, you know, I mean, I was at the Y every day. They fed me. They taught me how to swim. They, you know, everything. And I loved that place. But still, I found my way into stealing somebody's wallet out of their locker. And there was $50 in that wallet. For that $50, I brought it up to those, those older kids. They were hippies. It was the 70s. And I, I brought them the $50. And for that $50, I got a quarter Budweiser and a pack of cigarettes. And I thought I made a good deal. Wow. And, um, you know, I drank that quart of Budweiser and something happened to me. I couldn't get enough. And I remember everybody was kind of hanging out on the side of the school up the street from my house. And I was going around drinking their drink, you know, grabbing their beer and drinking it. And, um, you know, I went home. And, you know, my consequences were immediate. I went home. I got sick. I threw up all of my mother's kitchen floor, and she instantly knew what it was. And she asked me, "Where did I get it?" And I just pointed, and she knew what I, what that meant. And she went up the street and beat the head hippie up over the head with her shoe. <laughs> you know, and um, that's great. And I got locked, I got locked in my room for a couple of days, and I I really feel like my family, my parents thought, you know, in the old days, you caught a kid smoking cigarettes. They would make him smoke a pack of cigarettes. He'd get sick, and they'd say, okay, that's you'll learn your lesson, right? Um, I think they thought I learned my lesson because I was so violently ill from mm. the amount of alcohol that I drank, um, but that wasn't the case. You, you know, when I finally got let out of my room after a few days of being our punishment, I ran right back up to that hippie's house, ready to pay the price for telling on him as long as I could have some more. And not just more alcohol, but more attention, more acceptance. I wanted to be with that.
2: Now, uh, um, go ahead. I was going to ask, um, we have about nine minutes left in our conversation. Now, Listening to your story, I've listened several times to you, to you tell your story. One of the things that stood out to me was uh, the relationship of your family, your, the, your siblings, your mom and your dad. Your mom worked nights, your dad worked days, a lot of uh, two ships passing in the night kind of thing. Do you think that part of your journey was just not having that attention of your parents, not being able to be as intimately connected Absolutely. to your parents?
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about it.
2: And uh, so let's fast forward into prison. So you, you're you in and out of, uh, you're a state ward, you're in and out of prison, but you're in your 20s. You're, you're, you, you beat a life sentence only because the guy who beat you begged the court not to give you life. Okay, I thought that was pretty powerful. Uh, but what happens when you're in prison uh, in your mid-20s or your early 20s there? You met somebody, changed your life.
5: Right, so an important part of that story is it's my second time in state prison. I did five years on a sentence that I should have did two years on. And I did the entire five years and I got out, I picked up a drink and it took me for six months until I was back. And now I'm back and now I'm doing, I have a brand new sentence six to nine years. Like you said, it could have been a life sentence. Um, But the only thing I knew is I didn't want to do nine years. Cause if I did nine years, I would have been 30 when I got out. And that was prehistoric. Right. And so uh, I started doing things to create the illusion that I was getting better. And the, and the Catholic priest, Father Jim Freitas, took notice of it. And so he came to me and he offered me a job in the cleaning the chapel. And I instantly thought, oh, this is going to be good. He smoked cigarettes, right? He had coffee. He had a phone. <laughs> he had, you know, I was going to hustle this guy. And um, it wasn't two weeks later uh at, that I was working there and he tells me we have a very special visitor coming to the prison and I said oh that's great father who is it and he said Mother Teresa is coming to this prison and I said oh that's fantastic who's Mother Teresa <laughs> right because I live for my next drink I live yeah. for my next drug I probably didn't know who the president was either to sure. be quite honest with yeah you. and so The time came. And now obviously it was two weeks later and I did some, a little research and I remember calling home and how excited my mother was and how excited her mother was. Hmm. And so the day came and, um, it was a day that would, would change my life. It was a day that would, uh, you know, uh, it was the first day in my life that I ever heard the words, God loves you. Wow. And that, Jesus, and that Jesus died for you. I grew up with God's going to get you, mm. right? That's what I grew up with. It's a terrible thing to do to a child. I want to tell you that right now, right? To not know that there's a loving God, right? There's To not know that Jesus died for, for you, for your sins, and and he loves you, right? He gave it up all for you, right? That's I was robbed of that. You I'm so know? sorry. Instead, yeah, it's a terrible thing to do to a kid, I believe. And so, um the time came and I was part of the procession because I worked in the chapel. And I remember processing in, I remember Mother Teresa refusing to go up on the altar and she had the, the cardinal had a big fancy chair for her and she refused. And instead she stayed on her knees on the floor mm, with wow. the inmates, murderers, rapists, dangerous people. It a maximum security state prison. And, uh, and I remember being in that mass and looking over in what, and looking at what I felt like, or what I thought at that moment was the face of God for me. Right. It was the most loving, kind, gentle face. Now, if you remember, you look back, uh, mother Teresa was a rugged woman. <laughs> right. She worked hard, her fingers to the bone. Right. Yeah. Um, so Finally, it came her time to get up and speak it was 800 some odd people in that room. And I felt like she was speaking directly to me. Wow. And she said the words, you are more than the crimes you committed to get here. You are a child of God, right? God loves you. And for an instant, it was like, um, like there was nobody else there. It was just her and I, you know, and, um, it was it was impactful. It was profound, to say the very least. And I remember running back to the priest, Father Jim Freitas, the next day, and saying, "Father, I want to know more about this Jesus she's talking about. I want to know more about my faith, right?" Um, and and he was, he had a little smile on his face, you know, because I, I think he knew, ultimately, my goal was to hustle him. And here he was (laughs) hustling right back to the fucking Props, right? It's it's hilarious. And so I started to prepare to make my confirmation. The very next day, we started. And I got transferred to another prison, a lesser security prison. And he passed me off to the priest there. And then I got transferred again. And that priest passed me off to the next priest until it came the time for me to make my confirmation. The preparations were complete. And I remember calling my mom and saying, I'm going to make my confirmation. Would you come? And she had already made a commitment that she would never visit me in prison again because mm-hmm. we had a, she had a traumatic experience when I was in maximum security state prison in the hole. And I, she came to visit me. And I was in rough shape. I was on 23-hour-a-day lockup. I couldn't come out of my cell without handcuffs on. And, uh, and it broke her. It broke her heart. And so finally, she agreed to come. And um she, you know, my mom, my mom passed recently. My I'm mom so passed sorry. a couple months ago. Yeah, thank you very much. And um my mom had dementia. But no matter how bad her dementia got, she could always go back to that day, to that moment, the moment when she knew I was different, the moment that she knew I was that something was different about me and She put it into words. She wrote a letter to the parole board. Now, you got to understand, my mother was the lady that would go to court and say, lock him up. (laughs) It was a tough lady. If she thought it was safer for me to be in jail, she would tell the judge that,
2: Yeah. right? Good old Boston mothers. You got to love it.
5: Yeah. She wrote a letter to the parole board. And in that letter, it said, before you stands a man of God. Wow. It's okay. It's okay. You can let him go now. He (laughs) won't be back, Right. Now, my mother would have wrote a letter to the parole saying, don't let him out. Keep him. He's a danger. But and no matter how bad her dementia got, no matter how far she advanced in her life, I remember about a year ago, I brought a priest to the house to give her an anointing of the sick. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom's stories, were, which were many, had sort of been brought down to just a couple. Right? She had a couple of stories that she liked to tell, and they were starting to merge together even. But she kept saying to the priest, oh, father, I remember the time. I rem- Jimmy, do you remember the time? Do you remember that day when I knew you were different? And she must have told the priest that story six times. <laughs> and it got to a point where it was so funny that I started to say to her, hey, mom, do you remember that day? Because <laughs> We were driving the priest crazy. It was kind of funny. But, um,
2: but what a way to uh, say goodbye to your mom by remembering that moment that brought you back together that reconnected you, that moment of grace. How incredible and powerful is that? I hate to say this, but I'm down to seconds left in our conversation. Jim, I'd love to have you back. Uh, We've only scratched the surface of your your story. Um, I can't do justice to the rest of it, but there's so much more to tell here. I would encourage everybody to check out the book. Uh, the big hustle a boston street kid's story of addiction and redemption uh you can find it on amazon but also check out his film i didn't even get the chance to talk about this this is what i want to talk about what about the kidsfilm.com. how addiction and brokenness affects the children what about the kids jim Wahlberg, thank you for your time today we'd love to have you back if you're willing to come god love you happy fourth of july to you and your family and we'll talk to you soon have a great weekend jim All right, we're going to do our break. We're going to come back. We're going to have Kendra Tierney on and the breaking news story. Don't go anywhere.
6: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, The Catholic Church is just out of touch. It's going to have to change if it ever hopes to be relevant in today's world. But G.K. Chesterton says... We do not need a church that will move with the world. We need a church that will move the world. It's not that the church has to change, it's that the world has to change, and it's up to us as the church to change the world. That is the call to conversion. We don't convert the world by giving in to it. Chesterton says, The world is converted by the saint that contradicts it most. I guess that explains why in an age that worships money, sex, and power, the most influential woman in the modern world was a tiny little nun taking care of the sick and dying in the streets of Calcutta. Want more than a minute? Visit Chesterton.org.
3: Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Lay, and here are your headline news. Lots of headlines today. Attack in Eastern Congo kills nine. U.S. Ambassador vows support. Arkansas coronavirus cases reach new high for second days since the winter. Boy Scouts reach $850 million settlement in sexual abuse case. U.S. journalist to remain in Myanmar jail after trial delayed. Rabbi stabbed outside Boston Synagogue. Virgin Galactic announces space flight with founder to launch July 11th, before Bezos. U.S. sprinter Richardson tests positive for cannabis, could miss Olympics. Russia denies latest U.S. and U.K. hacking allegations. U.K. receives 6 million applications to EU settlement scheme before deadline. India's death toll from coronavirus crosses 400,000. Vaccination drive falters. Pelosi announces appoints Liz Cheney to serve on January 6th Select Committee. CBP arrests group of armed illegal immigrants accused of stealing guns from ranch. In a report, Vatican official had side deal with Swiss bank on Holy See investments. New York officials say teen murdered by illegal alien MS-13 gang members. Pachimama used as a monstrance in Guadalajara, Mexico. 135K fake votes accidentally accounted in NYC mayoral primary. Ohio judge makes COVID-19 vaccination a condition of probation. And world leaders emphasize abortion gender at Generation Equality Forum. From the Hill, a report has found that consultants found extensive concrete deterioration at Surfside building in 2020. A group of consultants contracted to survey the Champlain Towers South building in Surfside, Florida, for updates reportedly said in a 2020 report that there was a major concrete deterioration near the pool area. The condominium building located in the Miami area partially collapsed last week, leaving 18 dead and dozens more unaccounted for. The report obtained by USA Today from a family member of a missing resident of the building provides further detail into some of the structural issues associated with the building recorded in the few past years. According to USA Today, the nine-page document prepared by Morabito Consultants in October 2020 explained that full repair work on the reported deterioration could not be performed because the pool was to remain in service for the duration of the work. Additionally, the company noted that the evacuation the that would have been necessary to repair the pool could affect the stability of the remaining adjacent concrete constructions. It is required in Miami-Dade County for buildings over 40 years to be recertified. Morabito Consultants noted in a 2018 report revealed last week that there was abundant cracking and spalling of varying degrees in the structures of the ground floor parking garage. The 2018 report also warned of major damage near the building's pool area. While officials have not yet determined an official cause for last week's disaster, multiple lawsuits have already been filed against the condo association alleging mismanagement and neglect the groups argue resulted in the collapse. From Reuters, era ends, war looms as U.S. forces quit main base in Afghanistan. American groups pulled out of their, military may, their main military base in Afghanistan on Friday, leaving behind a piece of the World Trade Center they buried 20 years ago in a country that the U- top U.S. commander has warned may descend into civil war without them. All American soldiers and members of the NATO forces have left the Bagram Air Base, as said a senior U.S. security official. Though a few more troops have yet to withdraw from another base in the capital, Kabul, in coming days, the Bagram pullout pull brings to an effective and end the longest war in American history. The base an hour's drive north of Kabul was where the U.S. military had coordinated its air war and logistical support for its entire Afghan mission. The Taliban thanked them for leaving. We consider this would draw a positive step. Afghans can get closer to stability and peace with the full withdrawal of foreign forces," a Taliban spokesman told Reuters. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Friday.
2: Praise be to God. Thank you, uh, Janelle, for keeping us up to date. Uh, joining us right now by Zoom chat is Kendra Tierney. Uh, her website is catholicallyear.com, catholicallyear.com. And it uh, kind of reminds me of Maria Von Trapp, you know, the uh, the sound of music. Well, Maria was a pretty rock star, kind of a Catholic mom and wife, uh, living and being the liturgical calendar within the family structure all year long, the book that she wrote it's since been republished. I gave it to my wife and uh, oldest daughter not that long ago, and she just like consumed it like it was eating a chocolate cake. I mean, it was just so good to them. And to listen to them, you know, bring this stuff out, I thought we need to have a conversation like this. And Kendra Tierney is the one who came to mind about someone who's sort of living the Maria von Trapp theology, uh, so to speak. Good morning to you, Miss Tierney.
7: Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, that that book, the, "Around the Year with the Von Trapp Family," was really inspirational to me as uh, as I began this journey. I remember uh, you, you know uh, getting it and reading it, and just it's so beautiful to see what living an active life of faith in in, in a in a home looks
2: like. Yeah. Praise be to God. Sort of making uh tough choices in many ways, uh, decisions, concrete decisions on how you're going to live your life, what that looks like, uh, what family life really is. And I think that's uh pretty inspirational. Um, I wanted to uh, also say that uh, just to start off with is the chapel behind you. Uh, Now, for those listening on the radio, uh, Miss Tierney is uh, live on video stream. For those who want to hang out, you can always do so right on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But a beautiful home chapel. This is something my family has also done. Uh, Kick the TV out and build the home chapel. Tell us about yours. Uh, Yeah,
7: this was uh, when we moved into our house, there was this attic storage room but with this beautiful uh cathedral ceiling and and wood paneling and uh we just knew it needed to be a chapel so um we didn't have much of a budget for it so it's all paint and stencils and uh and gifted items so uh yeah i designed all the stencils it's um english and latin bible verses and old art from vintage editions of the, uh, of the Roman Missal uh, and reclaimed things like these beautiful stations of the cross that were in the movie Little Boy, and we're going to get really? tossed out.
2: <laughs> How fascinating. How did you come across those?
7: Uh, and we're good friends with the director and his, uh, and his wife,
2: so. How wonderful. That's in- yeah. amazing. How important do you think it is to, you know, as the, as the document, Second Vatican Council stated, to transform your home into a domestic church? Why would that be important? Why would that be a priority for you, for your husband, uh, for your children? And what is the effect on the children?
7: Well, if you just think about how many, you know, one hour a week at Sunday Mass uh, is, is such a small fraction of uh, of our time, but the, uh, you know, the, the rest of the week, the days that we're home in our family, that's the domestic church, and that's, uh, it, it's been so transformational for our family to have our faith be a part of our day-to-day life, be a part of our family culture um, and, and, and to have those conversations around important church truths around the lives of the saints, to have that familiarity with these old Catholic traditions, these old prayers and these funny old, you know, traditional foods that are associated and activities that are associated with different feast days. And that's part of our inheritance as Catholics. That's, um, and it's it's a very effective and a really fun way to uh, to catechize ourselves and our family. You know,
2: I'm sitting here thinking about all the different layers involved in living this liturgical lifestyle. It's not it's not just liturgies. It's not just prayers. It's something you said a minute ago. It's food, right? It's customs. It's traditions. And part of me thinks, well, maybe it's the, that, the fact that the von Trapps lived in Austria, a deeply Catholic-rooted country, and they, they just had these uh, traditions as part of their culture 24-7, whereas most of us in America have been so removed from our past, our history, and our culture that we just can't wrap our minds around why this would be something um, like, even the Cajuns in Louisiana still have king cake, for crying out loud. You know, even though it's become a kind of a secular thing, it has that root in, in the life of the liturgical calendar. Can you speak to that a moment, uh, the, the different layers in that removal?
7: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, they will FedEx you a king cake from New <laughs> Orleans if you order it. <laughs> Ooh, they <laughs> you show can them locally too. too. Or you can make one yourself, which uh, I have I've recently learned to do, but um, but yeah, I think that for you know good and bad reasons, there uh, there has been a, a shift over the last you know hundred years away from these cultural practices and towards a more I guess. Ecumenical faith that emphasizes the the things that we have in common with our Protestant brothers and sisters, and while I understand the impetus for that, and um, and I, I you know I like aspects of it, I think that it's a it's too much for us to sacrifice to give up the things that make being Catholic unique and special and timeless, and have been part of the active practice of faith in families and in communities. Since the first days of Christianity, um, and I think that it's time to bring those things back. And there was a resurgence of this of these liturgical living in the home traditions in the '60s, when Marie von Trapp was writing her book, and there was another book called *The Year in Our Family* by Mary Reed Newland that was that had these sort of similar ideas and how they could be practiced in the home and in a family, but. What I think we do need to do for ourselves and for our kids and for our communities is to make Catholicism weird again.
2: <laughs> we, Catholicism need, weird we need again. to
7: focus on what makes us special and unique. All right. Hold and, that. Hold
2: that thought. Hold that thought. We're about to go to a break. Kendra Tierney is our guest Catholicallyear.com is her website. She's also on Instagram, by the way, uh, we're going to continue our conversation about living a liturgical life within the family all year. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We are back. This is a Messy Family Minute from Mike and Alicia Hernan. The deepest desire for many of us as parents is to pass on the faith to our children. And to do that, parents need to be very intentional. First, we need to look at ourselves and live our faith authentically because more is caught than taught. Most kids, especially teens, sense hypocrisy quickly, so
6: we need to live a life of humility by asking for forgiveness, acting with charity, and loving generously.
4: Next, create a unified Catholic culture in your family. We are called to be in the world, but not of the world, so we cannot be afraid to be countercultural. And last, don't protect children from every failure, because suffering brings maturity. We need to remember that Christ promised us the cross, but he also promised to be with us every step of the way. When we teach this to our children, we are guiding them into mature faith in Christ, who will satisfy all the longing of their hearts.
0: For more information and
1: resources, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's
2: realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Kendra Tierney is our guest. CatholicAllYear.com is her website. CatholicAllYear.com Welcome back to the show, Kendra. It's good to have you on again. Praise be to God.
7: Thanks Uh, so much for having me.
2: I wanted to ask you, uh, were you raised Catholic? And your husband? I was,
7: yes, I was raised Catholic, uh, and uh, and had all my sacraments, but none of these sort of liturgical living in the home traditions was was not part of my upbringing. And where are you uh, from originally? I'm from San Diego, and live in Los Angeles now.
2: I see that. Uh, is not very. Uh, is there a strong Catholic community there? I mean, there's not a lot of uh, like a talk about the the, the sort of the, the strong uh, traditional Catholic families coming from San Diego. So, what was that like?
7: <laughs> well, you wouldn't think, right? But um, and, and it's not something that I'm personally familiar with in San Diego because I had really moved away before I sort of had the resurgence of of faith, but. Um after I was re- married my husband and I were living in Chicago and there is a strong cultural cath- catholicism on the um south in the south side of Chicago where we grew up with his Irish where uh, sorry where we were living with his um mm. Irish catholic family uh, and he got a job opportunity in Los Angeles and we were so worried <laughs> moving our young family to Los Angeles that yeah. it was going to be crazy but what we've found is that there is a very intentional Catholic community here in Los Angeles because it isn't in any way, uh, you know, it, it is a countercultural decision that every person has made. So ah. if a person is sitting in mass, it's because they have overcome obstacles <laughs> in their personal and professional life to to walk through those doors choose that's, you know, that that's been interesting. And, and we have found a beautiful, um, faith community here really, um, so, you know, it just you just have to know where to
1: look. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's uh very counter-revolutionary and uh but you know, I had a I was thinking about this. I know a lot of families who have become uh more intentionally Catholic, have become more traditionally Catholic, and at this point, though, they have kids that are like 15, 16, 17 years old, uh and then they also have kids that are 4 or 5, uh 3 years old, and they're like, "Okay, but we want to integrate this liturgical living into our lives." but we don't want to drive away our older kids, but we still want to give the faith to our younger kids. How do you start approaching, like bringing this into the family? I'm I'm assuming it's easier when the kids are younger, but if you have kids like that, how do you start bringing these uh, things practically into their lives?
7: Yeah, that's a really good question. And I would agree with you that it is ideal to be inspired by your young kids and start it when they're young, but I do personally know families who have converted with older kids and that, uh, that, that, can be very effective for the whole family. You know, it just takes some time and, and patience, but, uh, but I do know families where it's been, um, it's been really effective, but I think that, uh, that our faith isn't isn't something that ever, that has to look perfect to, to our children. And, and that, that we have to remember that it's the Holy spirit at work. We're just, you know, helping provide that, that, that framework. And, and so I think that if we present this to our our older kids as, Hey, we're going to make a change. These are some things that we're going to try and, um, and, you know, and in our family, our kids, e- even our, our teenagers are required to participate in all sorts of things that they might not rather participate in, <laughs> but that's family stuff. And, and, and so I think that obviously it's going to depend on your family culture, how you approach it. But a lot of this stuff, and that's, that's kind of a, a, a crutch that, that liturgical living in the home can be because a lot of it is fun and conversation and desserts and teenagers like desserts and they can have those positive associations with it while you're learning while you're having these conversations
1: and so what's the first step uh should i should they first uh start you know integrating feast days or well how do what's the first step should i do like putting up artwork uh what's the first thing to do
7: well i think that you have to do you know what what feels particularly meaningful to you is is i think a great way to start but um i have uh, i have two two books on the subject the first one is the catholic All year compendium and that one talks about sort of the history and the stories behind about 100 feast days and each of the liturgical seasons and in that one i really lay out particular um, sort of plan of attack for baby steps moving forward. And what worked in my family was to focus on the feast days of the people in our home, mm. because everybody likes to feel special. And so we start off with, we started off with just having a special meal and a dessert and talking about that saint and why we, why we wanted to name our child after that saint or choose that as a patron saint for our child. We also started, observing our baptismal anniversaries in the same way, because if we believe what we say, but we believe about baptism, that's more important than our birthdays. Mm. So that was the way that we started was sort of a focus inward, even though those might not be the most important feast days to the universal church. It was a really good way to start in our home. Uh, And then the second book that just recently came out is called the Catholic all year prayer companion. That's this one. And that's I had I I feel like was not I feel like that one was written more with with sort of dads and older kids and single people in mind. It's prayer resources that are formatted around the liturgical year and associated with different feast days. So if you're not in a place in your life, you know, it doesn't have to be food and it doesn't have to be activities and it doesn't have to be things that would engage little kids. Liturgical living in the home traditions are 100% also for grown-ups and um, and teens, and single people, and everyone. And I, I know, uh, you know, that for um, people who live in religious communities, uh, also, uh, I, I love hearing from them, that they use the book. So so that one, you can just pick up, open up to a prayer, and start incorporating these different ways of praying that, that uh, you know, that the church gives us.
2: Amen. Uh, Kendra Tierney is our guest. Her website is catholicallyear.com, catholicallyear.com. Check her out on Instagram as well. Um, Kendra, now I, I com- have we have a, a similar type of uh, family structure and, and life, and we have I have received many times sort of the criticism that I'm keeping my family in a Catholic bubble, and uh, they will turn out to be naive. Have you received a similar criticism?
7: Um, I... You know, I I feel like I'm <laughs> I am in a Catholic bubble, so no. But my husband, I think, probably has. Um, what would you
2: say to that? Uh, if someone were to levy that against you, what would be your response?
7: Yeah, what I I think that I like to call it circles of influence, and and I like I, I think that the way that God created our our family structure is, is is such a beautiful thing, and that it's important that my husband and I and and our immediate family be the most important influence in young kids Amen. in our young children's lives. Amen. And then, as, you know, as they get older, then they can be influenced by our, our close friends and our community that are, that are handpicked. And as they grow in maturity and, and as they are more well formed, they are more able to uh, you know, to handle those outside influences. And so, you know, my, my son is going into his sophomore year at, uh, at USC next year. And I, so, you know, we are not sheltering him as a 19 year old. Um, and, it, it, but I think that because we put in the time where he was predominantly influenced by our family and where he was able to internalize our beliefs and understand why we believe the way that we do, you know, I think that that has prepared him to go out into the world.
2: You know, uh, oh, during the break, uh, Adrian and I were, were, were talking and joking, uh, you know, the Maria Von Trapp lifestyle, the Maria Von Trapp family theology must mean that your kids probably uh, sing and play instruments and are very mm-hmm. talented. Uh, how, how has that gone for your family?
7: We are not particularly <laughs> musical. <laughs> we give it a go because uh, cuz really song uh, hymns and singing are an important part of 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 these liturgical living traditions that there are particular hymns that you're supposed to sing on particular days and you can get indulgences for them so we oh, give wow. it a go but, you
2: give it a go.
1: but
7: it, it's <laughs> not our talent uh
1: what about doing the uh the divine office or little office of our lady i know at our at my parish they uh have uh Compline every night uh, and they, they invite the uh, parishioners to come in and pray Compline with the priest and uh what about doing the divine office or the little office of our lady in the family do you all do that or any advice that way <sighs>
7: That's not something that we do on a daily basis. Um, it's part of, of a couple of our liturgical living in the home traditions, like the Christmas novena that we do for the nine days before Christmas. So if you're looking for a way to sort of baby step in into that, um, doing the, the Christmas novena that's included in the, in the prayer companion contains a lot of the elements that um, and there are beautiful uh, elements of it included in some of our Holy Week traditions, especially the uh, tenebrae uh, ceremony that uh, that we do. Sort of an at home version of I think that uh, that the office is is just beautiful, and I would I would love to incorporate it more. But as of right now, that isn't something that our family does on a regular basis.
2: Now, what about other t- prayer life that you do on a daily basis? What are the, what is, take us through a a day. We have a couple of minutes left in our conversation with you. What is a day in your family life look like?
7: Yeah, I just, I think that the goal has to be to be in conversation with God all day long. And, and, and that's what, that's what a robust prayer life is. And and it's going to involve some time of dedicated prayer, you know, going to the mass, saying the rosary together as a family, those things are so great and important, and we try to work those in. Um, but but there's also these these great uh, you know prayers that are associated with different times of day. So you mm-hmm. know the morning offering, the Angelus at noon. And evening prayers are, are a beautiful way to, you know, to structure your day, sort of the way that the liturgical year is structured.
2: All right. Well, that music means we're out of time. Kendra Tierney, thank you for your time today. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to have a conversation with you. Thank you for inspiring us to live good, uh, holy Catholic lives in our family. And uh, the website is CatholicAllYear.com. CatholicAllYear.com. Check her out on Instagram as well as Kendra underscore Tierney. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. Have a uh, good 4th of July, too, Kendra. We appreciate your time. All right, that is going to do it for the first hour of our show. If you can join us in the next hour, we are giving away a rugged rosary, and you could win. You can hang out with us, if you wish, online at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. The next hour is going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully, you can participate. If not, God love you. God bless you. We'll see you on Tuesday, 6 a.m. Central.
0: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time
3: Why do Catholics call Mary the Queen of Heaven? Doesn't God rebuke the Israelites in the Old Testament for worshipping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven? Should we not refer to Mary with that title, therefore, since it's
4: a title of a false god?
8: In Jeremiah 7, verse 18, God is indeed upset with the Israelites for worshipping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven. However, just because God rebuked them for worshipping the false Queen of Heaven, doesn't mean that we cannot pay honor to the true Queen of Heaven, the Blessed Mother. That type of thinking would lead you to believe that just because people worship a false God that they call God, we therefore should not call the true God by that same name, God, because that's the same name the idolaters use for their God. That is faulty logic and it makes no sense whatsoever. Again, the fact that there is a false queen of heaven does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false goddess when we call Mary the queen of heaven just as the fact that there is a false god does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false god when we call our father in heaven God. And there is a true queen of heaven. We see this quite clearly in Revelation 12, verse 1. And a great portent appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. Let's see. There's a woman. She's in heaven, and she has a crown on her head. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the cleaning lady. No, it's the true Queen of Heaven, Mary, the mother of the male child who is to rule the nations. We do not worship Mary, we honor her just as Jesus honors her. So there is absolutely nothing wrong from a scriptural point of view in calling Mary the Queen of Heaven and in honoring her just as Jesus honors her. After all, if Jesus is the King, then Mary is truly the Queen Mother of Heaven.
0: A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
2: You have survived it, at least so far, anyway. And it's 4th of July weekend, so prayerfully you'll have a great weekend. Hopefully it'll be, you know, safe, fun, good, but, you know, no craziness, okay? No craziness over the weekend. We will not be here on Monday. We will be off on Monday, praise be to God. We are all looking forward to sleeping in. Uh, We will have a best-of show for Monday, though. So if you are traveling on Monday to work or whatever in uh, in the morning, we'd still love you to be a part of that show, and we're going to be putting some great content together for you. So tune in for that. But we'll be back Tuesday live for our normal programming. The last hour was a great hour. That was a lot of fun. We had Jim Wahlberg. He's the the older brother of Mark Wahlberg, the actor, famous Hollywood actor. Well, Jim Wahlberg had uh, a pretty inspiring story of brokenness and conversion and so we had a wonderful conversation with him last hour we only got to scratch the surface in many ways well we're going to have him back uh, but we'll post that conversation on our youtube channel and share that with you later as well as on facebook twitter rumble everywhere else Everything's linked up on our website. Uh, Kendra Tierney was also on the last hour. She is with, uh, or her website, rather, is catholicallyear.com. It's kind of like Maria Von Trapp. It's like that Maria Von Trapp theology of family life. And uh, she is living this right now in her big family. So raising big, beautiful Catholic families with Kendra Tierney. Uh, that was a great conversation. So we had a lot of fun. We're going to post both of those later today. Good morning to you, Janelle.
3: Good morning, Mr. Hill.
2: Uh So, uh... Fourth of July, is that a big party Ooh. at your place?
3: Oh uh, My family doesn't really have big Fourth of July parties, but no, I'm very no. excited because my um, good friend who joined as a postulant to mm-hmm. the Dominican sisters uh, will be on her uh, official summer break starting today. So very oh, wow. excited. Wow. I get to see her for um, the first time I'll see her in a while.
2: No so. kidding. <laughs> Well, praise be to God. Speaking of excited, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good
1: morning. Good morning. Praise be to God. I am here, and you know, it's good to be here. Uh,
2: big party at your place?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My family, we celebrate the 4th of July big time. Big we time. usually uh, have tons of fireworks and lots of food. Usually, if I heat the nachos, it's going to be great. And nice. my. Uh, and it's also my grandmother's birthday, so hey. happy birthday, Grandma. Her On the 4th of July is? On the 4th of July. No kidding. And so we always have a massive party. A whole family comes over. Wow. Because we got fireworks, we got Grandma's birthday. It's a, it's a great time. So Praise, praise be to God. God.
2: Well, happy birthday, Grandma. Happy birthday, Grandma. Uh, she usually listens, too, by the she way. She does. She does. Yeah, we love having her a part of the audience. Well, praise be to God for that. 4th of July, the last hour I asked, when's the last time you've read the Declaration of Independence? If you've not done so, well, let me challenge you this weekend google it read it for yourself it's probably been forever since you've read it uh if at all it might be a good opportunity to remember uh, why we celebrate fourth of july here's just one sentence we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men created equal that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life liberty and the pursuit of happiness that's an incredible line from men who who uh, who had slaves for instance The inspiration to write a line like that, you know, that the country wasn't yet what it needed to be, but maybe one day it could be what it ought to be. And imagine what that would mean for mankind. Just think about that for this weekend. Could be a great opportunity to meditate on that. At any rate, we get got a great show lined up this hour. We have our game show to play, and we are giving away the prize. This day is the day we give out the prize. Rugged Rosary, we will pull a name out of the coffee cup of divine providence. Will it be your name? Will you be the one to win this beautiful rosary by Rugged Rosary? I don't know. you got to call and be up our contestant. Your last three chances to get in on the prize will happen at 15 past the hour. If you would like to call in early, Well, the number is listed on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And uh, by the way, I sent the email out last night to the CDT insiders, and we gave you the podcast, the research that uh, Brother Fonseca did over there on whether or not our lady suffered the birth pangs. When delivering our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I think you'll find it very insightful. For those of you on the email list, it's in your inbox. If you're not on the email list, we'll sign up on the website and you can still get it. GRNONLINE.com forward slash CDT. Let's pray and dive into it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided inspired by this confidence i fly unto thee O virgin of virgins my mother to thee do i come before thee i stand sinful and sorrowful o mother of the word incarnate despise not my petitions but in thy mercy hear and answer me amen in the name of the father son and the holy ghost and now the headlines the good news with janelle lay
3: iowa can block planned parenthood from sex ed programs court rules anti-porn crusader says pro-life families are shutting down industry Supreme Court bans California from forcing nonprofits to reveal donors' identities. From ADF Media, the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled that Americans must remain free to support causes without harassment. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled Thursday in Thomas More Law Center v. Bonta and Americans for Prosperity Foundation v. Bonta that Americans are free to support nonprofit organizations and their causes without fear of harassment or threats. The court determined that state governments cannot impose blanket donor disclosure requirements, forcing charities and other nonprofit organizations to disclose their donors, which would thereby subject them to the possibility of adverse treatment simply for supporting causes with which some people may disagree. The Supreme Court has confirmed that every American is free to peacefully support causes they believe in without fear of harassment or intimidation. The ADF's senior counsel and vice president of the Appolitan Advocacy John Bursch said, Public advocacy is for everyone, not just those able to weather abuse. Forced donor disclosure is a threat to everyone and discourages both charitable giving and participation in the marketplace of ideas. The court correctly upheld the First Amendment's promise of the freedom to associate with like-minded groups, which includes the right to donor privacy. From the Catholic News Agency, Louisiana Senate recognizes Year of St. Joseph. The Louisiana State Senate has passed a resolution recognizing May 1st as St. Joseph the Worker Day in the state. The resolution was passed in the spirit of the Church's Year of St. Joseph, which the resolution says was inspired by the need for increased virtue in the world. The resolution, which was sponsored by Senator Fred Mills, was signed by the Secretary of State Kyle Ordoin on May 28th. The resolution also declares that the Louisiana State Senate recognizes and commemorates the period of December 8, 2020 to December 8, 2021 as the year of St. Joseph. The resolution also recognizes May 1st as the day dedicated to working Louisiana men and women who get up every day and work hard to provide for and lift up their families, their communities, the state of Louisiana, and the United States of America. The resolution highlights the movement within the church towards devotion to St. Joseph as a reason for passing the resolution. The resolution particularly names certain priests because of their work and devotion to St. Joseph. Father Michael Champagne was named for his creation of the Exodus 290 St. Joseph Pilgrimage, a pilgrimage encouraging the faithful and the citizens of Louisiana to retrace the same distance Joseph traveled in the Bible. The pilgrimage is approximately 290 miles and follows a path of churches in the Diocese of Lafayette that are dedicated to St. Joseph. Father Donald Donald Calloway, M.I.C., was highlighted as a devout and faithful Catholic priest for his work in publishing and selling over one million copies of his consecration book, St. Joseph, the Wonders of Our Spiritual Father. The resolution also acknowledges the titles Pope Francis has given to St. Joseph. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm Janelle Leigh. God love you. Have a good Friday and a good Fourth of July weekend.
1: The saint of the day is St. Swithun. He was born in 800 A.D. at Wessex, England, and raised in an abbey. He became priest and chaplain to Egbert, the king of the West Saxons. He was tutored to Prince Ethelwolf and became bishop of Winchester, England. There are many miracles associated with his relics. His shrine was destroyed during the Reformation, or the Protestant Revolution, rather. Almost 60 ancient British churches were named for him. His patronage of the weather arose when monks tried to translate, transfer his body from an outdoor grave to a golden shrine in the cathedral in 871. Swithin apparently did not approve as it started raining for 40 days. The weather on the festival of his translation indicates, according to an old rhyme, the weather for the next 40 days. Saint Swithin's Day, if thou dost reign, for forty days it will remain. Saint Swithin's Day, if thou be fair, for forty days twill reign ne mare. He died on the 2nd of July, 862, of natural causes, and his recollects were transferred to Canterbury, England, in 1006 by Saint Alphage of Winchester. Saint
2: Swithin, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The Gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man named Matthew sitting in the customs post. He said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he was at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. The Pharisees saw this and said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? He heard this and said, Those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of these words. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hadock's commentary was also very good today. Uh, Hadock said this, When we hear the voice of God calling us to virtue, We must not delay. The devil, says St. Basil, does not advise us to turn entirely from God, but only to put off our conversation to a future time. He steals away our present time and gives us hope of the future. But when that comes, he steals that also in the same manner. And thus, by giving us present pleasure, he robs us of our whole life. When the Lord calls do not delay. Adrian, what did you find? Oh, this is so good.
1: And the um remember this is a continuation of the gospel from yesterday. So right here he's making a connection because we're talking about what happened yesterday, which was the healing of the paralytic, right? And so today we're talking about oh, well, Christ's saying uh, the physician doesn't come for someone who is uh, healthy, but instead for someone who is sick, no? And so uh, say, so our Lord here, it looks at the uh, at the tax collectors and he sees these guys are sinners. These guys are sick and they're in need of a healer. Now he calls the other ones righteous. But listen to what Cornelius Lapide says here. He said they take uh, Hillary, Jerome and Bede and others take the words differently. I came not to call the righteous, that is, those who proudly but falsely esteem and boast themselves to be righteous when they are in very truth sinners and hypocrites such as ye are O oh ye Pharisees like that is a powerful powerful hit right there and Cordes Lapid says a little bit before that in between talking about the relationship between these two passages how the a physician when a physician is there in the old times that under Christendom, the physician had, was trying to help the person. But if they could not help them within a certain amount of time, they were to step back and allow the priest to come in and minister to their soul. Because, yes, you should try to treat the body you should try to treat the sickness. But ultimately, the worst sickness that you have is sin, because that sickness will kill you just like any other sickness. But the sickness of the body gives temporary death. The sickness of the soul gives eternal death. And so our Lord shows here that we should be so much more concerned about the state of our soul and the state of whether or not we're going to heaven at the end of the day. At the end of our life, there will be we'll have to serve one of two masters. We'll look on the face of almighty God or we will look on the face of the horrible, horrendous face of the devil. And as St uh, or as Venerable Fulton Sheen says, let us be Christ, because at the end of the day they will both look at us and the They will say, mine, mine, may we be Christ.
2: Amen. Praise be to God. All right. Thank you, Verboom.com forward slash GRN for generously underwriting our gospel reflection, making it easy for us to dive into the early church fathers and so much more. Veraboom.com forward slash GRN. God bless you and thank you for that. We're going to go to the game show right after this very break. So today is the day where we give you the last three chances to get in on the drawing. We're giving away a beautiful Rugged Rosary. Uh, thank you to Rugged Rosary for generously giving us this to give away to you, the audience. If you would like to win, your Last chance is right now calling 877 757 9424. 877 757 9424. 877 757 9424. We'll be right back. Call now.
0: Can we be happy without God? Atheists say yes. We Christians say yes, but only to a certain extent. What's our reason? There are some natural human desires that can be satisfied without living for God. The desire for sensory pleasure, success, and loving relationships. There are certain desires, however, that can't be satisfied without God. For example, we don't just desire some love, we desire infinite love, love without limit. This is manifest when we get frustrated with imperfect manifestations of it. The same is true for knowledge, justice, and beauty. Since God alone is infinite in these perfections, only He can satisfy our desires for them. Therefore, to borrow from St. Augustine, without God, our hearts would be forever restless. And my friends, a restless heart is an unhappy heart. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com
2: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and fear and trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and do not share this information with anybody. Just keep it between us, okay? But we like to do a few things on this game show segment. We like to, number one, teach the faith. So we look for questions that give us teachable moments where you might learn something that you did not know before. Praise be to God. We like to have fun and laugh along uh, with our contestants who tend to be very good sports and and play along with us, and it's a lot of fun, and we're grateful for that. And then, of course, we like to give out prizes, which makes it kind of a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here for your sake, let me explain some things. We do not ask our callers these questions. I have official Catholic trivia questions in my hand. I'm showing them to those on the live video feed. Uh, So you don't have to know the answers to these questions to win this game, which is kind of also what makes it a lot of fun, because I won't ask them. I will ask Janelle. I'll ask Adrian. One of them will be right. The other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision, who do they trust more? And then every right answer goes into the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Janelle, what could they win?
3: You could win in a beautiful, lovely Our Lady of Guadalupe rosary from Rugged Rosaries at a value of $40, but
2: for this prize, you get it for free. Praise be to God. And today's the day where we pull the winner. So yes. somebody's name is coming out of the coffee cup of Divine Providence. God's will be done. Is it God's will that you should win? That's the question. We'll answer it today after we play the game. But let's go to the phones. Good morning to you, Antonio. Thanks for being a part of our program. Uh, good morning to you guys. Nice to see to hear from you again. Praise <laughs> be to God. Now remind us, where are you calling from, Antonio? I'm from uh, Paraland, Texas,
8: near Houston.
2: Yes, and your, was your parish St. Helens? How did you know that? i i am i was born brilliant uh, but i'm humble and i don't like telling people that i'm teasing i'm teasing yes i go to st paulet praise be to god well we're happy to have you on the show today Uh, i assume you know the rules and how this game is played
0: yes sir i've been listening to your show for a long time
2: god is so very good now quick question before we start who's trickier adrian or janelle Adria. Definitely. Aww. Definitely. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag truth hurts. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right, Antonio, we are ready to play. If you are, let's go to Janelle, uh, is, as is our custom. Janelle, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure?
3: Yes, I am. Are you sure? I'm ready.
2: Janelle, can you tell me who were the first to be condemned to hell?
3: The first to be condemned to hell? Yes. Ooh. I'm going to go with the fallen angels.
2: Oh. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. So like Lucifer, that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Like the
3: one third of the angels.
2: Okay. Yes. Okay. Let's see what uh, Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me who were the first to be condemned to hell? Who were the first to be condemned to hell? Uh, Yeah, that would be the first
1: people to commit mortal sin, which namely that would be Cain. And then the sons of Cain after
2: Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. the Nephilim. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah? Okay. 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 So uh, Adrian is on the hook for Cain and the evil line of Cain that came after him. Uh, Janelle is on the hook for the fallen angels. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Antonio, what say you?
8: I believe it's
2: Janelle. The tricky Adrian. (laughs) Uh, Are you sure? Survey I mean, said,
8: oh, you did it. Well yeah. done. Praise
2: be to God. There you go. Duh. 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 Of course it was the Fallen Angels. Fallen Angels. Cain. Yes. You see how he is, Antonio? He's just trying to throw the curveballs at you. But you didn't swing. I'm proud of you, brother. You're, you're in the Thank coffee sir. cup. You might win the Rugged Rosary. Now, do you have a good rosary in your pocket right now?
4: Yes, I do. Ooh.
2: It's, it's, it, is it Always. rugged? Is Always. it like very sturdy? Uh, somebody gave it to me as a gift from uh, Rome. Oh, nice. Ooh. Very nice. Praise be to God. You, yeah. you can never have enough no, rosaries, You can never have enough rosaries. No, You do no. have it no, everywhere. No, I, All right. Well, let's see if we can't <laughs> double your chances and get you in the coffee cup twice now. We're going to go to Adrian to start this one off. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me what three things are necessary to receive Holy Communion worthily? Yes. You have to be,
1: one, you have to be baptized a Catholic, two, you have to show up before the gospel is read, and three, you have to have the intention
2: of receiving it. So, you have to be baptized, you have to be there before the gospel is read, and you have to have the the intention to receive it. Hmm. 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 Let's go to Janelle, let's see what Janelle has to say. Janelle, can you tell me... What three things are necessary to receive Holy Communion worthily? Worthily? Worthily. Worthily being the key word in the sentence.
3: Yes. I'm going to say you have to be, number one, free from mortal sin.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: You have to have Mm -hmm. the right intention Mm -hmm. to receive. And you have to be fasting for an hour.
2: Okay. Hmm. It's interesting to see how much you two have in common. Okay, really, there was only one thing that you said that was the same. But let me recap. Janelle is on the hook for be free from mortal sin. You have to have the right intention to receive worthily. And you have to have fasted for at least an hour before. Whereas Adrian said you have to be baptized. You got to be there before the Holy Gospel. And you have to have the right intention. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Janelle or Adrian? Antonio, what say you? Hmm. The is not right, I believe. But I will go with Jenna again. Survey says. Oh shit!
3: You got it right. That was Ricky! <laughs> That was very
2: tricky. That was a tricky one. I am surprised, Antonio. You did really well. Mm. You did not bite on that, uh, Adrian. What were you thinking there? <laughs> I, you know,
1: I was just thinking that's what I see uh, most most Catholics. That's how it is. Most politicians, that most cheer-
2: people. You know, <laughs> they <laughs> they just they're baptized. They walk in, and it's all that it is. Goes, huh? okay, go receive. Wow. In fact, yes, you have to be free of mortal sin, uh, which is great to go to confession before every mass if you can get that opportunity, and then of course uh, have the right intention and fast for an hour. So pray be to God, Antonio. You have doubled your own chances at the Rugged Rosary. Yay. Well done, sir. Thank you. Can we go for a trip? If you get this next one right, Antonio, you will be the only one all week to be in for three. Oh! Mm. So, wow. No Ooh. pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Uh, no but pressure. Uh, here we go. Back to Janelle. Janelle, can you tell me? Uh-huh. Now, I would highly doubt if I, if, if, if I didn't provide you guys the answers, neither one would probably have known this. No. Oh, That's my I would have got this. Really? <sighs> I have no idea. I probably don't not. know. I, 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 let's pray for Antonio that he gets this. Okay. okay. Here we go. Janelle, can you tell me? What famous convert to Catholicism hit 60 home runs in 1927?
3: Runs. Ooh, home runs. So, home runs. That's baseball, by the that's way. That's baseball. Baseball. Okay. Okay. You,
2: you like baseball, right? You're a big fan.
3: Uh-huh. No. <laughs> well, um, mm, baseball, mm. baseball, baseball. Um, I do believe that is Ted Williams.
2: Ooh, interesting. Ted Williams. Ted Williams. Yes. yes. Isn't he the guy who uh, didn't he date Marilyn Monroe or something? I, I don't know. I, I <laughs> I How would I forget? You <laughs> I I know. Um, no. Dude. All right. So, Adrian, can you tell me? What famous convert to Catholicism hit 60 home runs in 1927? Yeah, that would be George Ruth. George Ruth. Mm Hmm. Hmm. That's his full name? George Herman Ruth. Okay, okay. (laughs) 15 seconds on the clock. Janelle is on the hook for Ted Williams, and uh, Adrian's on the hook for George Ruth. Who's right? Who's wrong? Antonio, what say you? Uh Uh-oh, uh-huh. mama here. (laughs) I will go with, uh, Adrian, with closing my eyes. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! Oh, no. That was good. Good wow. guess. Good guess, Adrian. You made it so hard. I know I did. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <out of> <laughs> <laughs> good dream no, no. Like a George Herman Babe, babe Ruth, mm. the, the Babe. Oh, babe. yeah. And you oh, were wow. right. He is. That's you. You got it right. Adrian yes. was the correct answer. Praise babe be God. Babe Ruth would be too obvious. <laughs> too and unlike obvious. Babe Ruth,
3: Ted Williams actually kind of referred to himself as a god. So. Yeah. Very different. Very, very different.
2: different. And I'm pretty sure Ted Williams uh, did date Marilyn Monroe, if I'm not mistaken. I have no idea. I don't idea. know. I think, so. I think so, anyway. I don't keep up but, with celebrities. Yeah, George Herman Babe Ruth, a convert to Catholicism in when he was a uh, uh, an orphan, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah. At, at a Catholic orphanage. 1927. I remember those days. 60 home runs. Yeah. Well, Antonio, congratulations. You are in for three. You're the only one in there. Now, give it a good shake, Janelle. No. Oh, I'm going to keep you on the phone, Antonio. I don't know okay. that it's God's will that you're going to win, but let's just see how it goes. Janelle, do you have a name?
3: Yes, I do. This week's winner is Cher from Waxahopsie,
2: Texas. Congratulations, Cher! (laughs) Antonio, I'm sorry, but it was not God's will that you should win today, but we had a lot of fun playing with you all the same. You did a great job, and you were the only one to get all three questions right this week, so that's a good consolation Uh, prize, right? Yes. Thank you. Praise be to God, Antonio. Now, uh, where are you off to? What are you going to do this weekend? What's on your agenda for Fourth of July? Oh, barbecue. Ooh. Nice. So, are we, what are we talking here? Uh, ribs or like a uh, brisket. brisket or what are, what are we doing here? Chicken, ribs, all kinds, and seafood. And, oh, uh, and and just can I, I'm getting a pin now. Where do you live? I'm just gonna make I'm sure nice I, to I I come. I was gonna say what? the same what? thing. I was like, I when, where's my invite? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Antonio does, didn't invite us to this party, but the, Antonio, you are invited. God bless You're you, good. my friend. Thank you for listening. Being a part of our show today. Have a great Fourth of July and enjoy your your barbecue, your friends, and your family. Thank you, guys. All right. God love you and God bless you. Share congratulations one more time. Congratulations for winning the Rugged Rosary. Janelle will be in touch with you, and uh, make sure you get your prize. And that is going to do it for this uh, week's Catholic Drive Time show. We had a lot of fun this week, a lot of great interviews. Do us a favor, and if you can, stop by our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe, like, and share. Watch the content and share it with others. That really helps us out in a big, big way. But we are going to go and sign off, and we're going to do an after show for the next half hour. If you'd like to hang out with us, you're certainly welcome to. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, but also live right on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. We'll be back on Tuesday Live. Monday will be a special Best Of. God bless you. God love you. Have a great Fourth of July weekend
0: Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
2: Praise be to God, and welcome to the after show of uh, Catholic Drive Time, where we conversate more casually about whatever it is that's on your mind, your heart. If you're new here. We would really love for you to comment for the first time. We love first-time commenters. We lavish some extra love on first-time commenters. Thank you for doing that. Praise be to God. Uh, I'm getting some. Uh, I'm getting some corrections here about my baseball history facts, and so let's let's uh, let's do that here in a moment. Definitely jump into that. Some fascinating baseball history facts that need need to be corrected. But I want to thank some folks for hanging out with us this morning. I love to see the the CDT family here. Uh, Christopher Velasquez, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Of course, Teresa Vavala uh, on YouTube is hanging out in studio, live commenting from the studio this morning. Good morning, Tiana.
5: Good morning.
2: Praise be to God. It's good to see you again. Good to be here. Uh, Tammy, good morning to you. Eric Rodriguez, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Mr. Thomas, it's good to see you again. Uh, we like h- hanging out with you. William Hemsworth, good morning. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, Mike K. and uh, Jeff Burrier, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for... Hanging out. Good morning, Dan your family. Dan Vicaro. Uh, praise be to God. Glad to see you here. Uh, let's see who else is here. I'm scrolling. There's a lot of conversation Good going morning, on.
3: Good morning, Jesus
2: Moreno. On, uh, on YouTube. Eric Rodriguez. Jesus es un amigo mio. Now we're still waiting for that song, Eric. You're supposed to sing it in Spanish and then send it to Adrian. He'll put it on a button. Now we voted yesterday, all of us agreed that uh, you were supposed to sing that song and um, sing it to us. <laughs> Buddy. And, uh, we, I think we also agree that the worse you sing it, the better it is. Yes. Yeah, true story. Uh, Buddy, good morning to you. Bruce Toman, good morning to you. Patty and Ubi, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Uh, it's good to see you all here. Uh, Glenn Trahan, good morning. Hopefully you've uh, arrived safe back from Connecticut. Uh, Lori Powell, good morning to you. Melanie and Josh Knoll and Don. Praise be to Jesus. Good morning to all of you. Gloria and Joaquin, good morning to you. Jane, Jane Steves, are you a first-time commenter? Jane's from uh, Boston area, it looks like. She says, good morning, everyone. Tell Jim that I got to meet his brother Donnie when he visited me in the hospital. So happy to hear Jim's story today. Tell him we're listening from Boston. Amen. (laughs) Praise be to God, Jane. God love you. I'm sorry I didn't get to tell him that. Uh, we only got to scratch the surface with Jim. It was a great conversation. Yeah, praise be to God. So let's uh let's deal with the uh let's deal with the f- the fake news, the false facts. I got fact checked live on the radio. Uh Glenn Trahan and also Lori, if I'm not mistaken. Uh corrected me. Ted Williams did not date Marilyn Monroe. That was Joe DiMaggio. Jumping Joe DiMaggio. Jumping Joe DiMaggio. Thanks for that. Appreciate the uh the correction there. Um You know, I was telling uh, Adrian. Talk about uh, Marilyn Monroe and craziness and Catholics, right? Um, Bing Crosby, alleged. Bing Crosby. No, this has been reported. No, no, no. I say alleged Catholics. Oh, I see, I see what you're saying. Well. (laughs) Oh, I think so. Alleged. The same could be said about me. But anyway, uh, Bing Crosby. He, I think it was reported in um, killing Kennedy. What's his name? The guy from uh, Fox News. He's no longer at Fox News. Um, Oh, his name is escaping me at the moment. He wrote a book called Killing Kennedy. In that book, if I'm not mistaken, it was reported in that book, if I'm recalling correctly. I could be wrong. But Bing Crosby helped facilitate a hookup between JFK and Marilyn Monroe. Uh, by building a helicopter pad in his on, on one of his properties so that JFK could land the helicopter there and meet secretly in Maryland. That's Monroe. crazy.
1: It's
3: yeah. an expensive Pretty affair. Bad. Pretty,
2: you know, yeah. I was about to say, I was like, you know,
1: it's one thing to commit an affair. It's totally another thing to like help set up yes. a whole orchestrate like a whole (laughs) (laughs) conspiracy to set up like usually when affairs happen it's like you know i was going out to eat we had a couple drinks it's like no this is premeditated plan conspiracy that's it blows my Mm. mind that blows my mind anyway uh myra had a great comment she said the timing of having jim walberg on was perfect i have a nephew who has reached who has reached out to my husband and i yesterday at 3 a.m asking for help He's had substance abuse for a year and never accepted the help. Oh wow! Yesterday we dropped him off at rehab center. It will, I, I will be offer, ordering Jim's book as his childhood story sounds very familiar. Yeah. Also, love listening to Kendra Tierney; very inspiring. I'm now following both of these Catholics on social media. Thank you, CDT family. Have a great Fourth of July. Thank you, Myra, uh, for your. For your help, for your nephew,
2: for your being a faithful listener, and for your prayers. Yeah. We'll
3: be praying for him.
2: Amen. You know, that was part of us, there's a lot more to Jim's story than we even got to share today. I mean, we only got to scratch the surface. So after he met uh, Mother Teresa, St. Teresa, he was confirmed in his faith. And, um, but when he got out of prison, because he got paroled, he kind of fell away and he became more secular. He gets married, he has kids, they move to Florida, and he's sort of living this life on the edge of going back to the dark side at any moment. His family's going to church, and he's dropping them off at church and not going with them. And then, um, you know, he he gets challenged to go to a men's retreat, and it was on that men's retreat that kind of lit another fire in his heart. And so, there's a lot more to his story to include the fact that his own, one of his own sons has had an addiction problem, and one of his own sons had to be had to go through rehab. And there's a particular program that I think that they put their kid through. And unfortunately, I don't have that name off the top of my head. But um, there's a whole lot more to Jim's story. He's made movies. He's written a book now and, and other stuff. So we want to get him back on to kind of conversate more about it. I had a dozen people tell you, Joe, Bill O'Reilly. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly, yeah, you're right, Bill O'Reilly, he wrote Killing Kennedy, and I'm pretty sure that's where I I read that fact about Bing Crosby helping JFK, his buddy JFK. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Eric Rodriguez says, sitting in the work truck here on the construction job site, God's blessing us with some rain. It might be an early day. Well, praise be to God, it means you get to go home early, prepare for 4th of July. Uh, Mike K., I, I thought that was Frank Sunday. Sinatra. Frank Sinatra also was, uh, you know, very connected to obviously. But it, no Bill, in mean, killing Kennedy, Bill O'Reilly suggested it was Bing Crosby who helped him.
1: Frank Sinatra, you know, the he sang the great "Oath of the Devil," "Do It My Way." <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. I was thinking about him yesterday for some odd reason. Weird. Living out the rest of his life uh, in uh, in Las Vegas, trying to. Remember the good old days? I mean, he still had an audience. People were still paying him good money to come see him sing. I just wonder if, you know, if he lamented, you know, his uh, younger days. I'm just curious. Dan said, a fact after Marilyn
1: Monroe died, Joe DiMaggio would send flowers to her grave every day until he died.
2: Oh, wow. That's crazy. What? It's cool. He's committed. Interesting. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, What else? There was a lot of conversations earlier in the show, and I wasn't able to pay too much attention to that. So I don't know what was talked about. I'm trying to back up here a little bit. Um, ooh. all right. So we have we have we made any final decisions? Bring Jim back on maybe a podcast. Yes, I, th- I agree, Don. I think we ought to bring Jim back. Maybe do a like a maybe an hour, and then uh, release it to the CDT insiders on the email list. that will be fun. We could do that. Praise be to God. I gotta see if anybody's over. Oh, let's see. Patrick Patrick Burke uh, commented. Uh, on on CDT's uh, on our website. That was from yesterday.
1: My buddy Josh said, Jesus esta mi amigo. Happy feast day of the visitation, everyone.
3: Happy feast day. Happy feast day. And happy first Friday as well. Anyone planning to go to first Friday mass?
1: Yep, yep. I
3: will be going to first Friday mass.
1: Uh, Mike said that he is planning on going to first Saturday and he will try to make first Friday.
3: Look at that. The YouTube chat, uh, Dan Vaccaro. Yeah. He uh, attends St. John Cantius oh, I in love Chicago. John Cantius.
5: That is mm. a beautiful church. Mm-hmm. I really? follow it online.
1: Yeah. I actually, whenever I was discerning uh, communities, I actually stayed with the Canons regular St. John Cantius for a couple of days. Um, and so I got to live in their priory there. It's so beautiful. And their church is so beautiful. They gave me the grand tour. They showed me the reliquary. It's amazing. It's pretty amazing. Eric said for, you know, what we should do is have a, um,
0: Jesus is uh, a marathon No, he didn't say that. No, he for did Monday. not. He didn't. He no. Didn't know. <laughs>
1: fake news. I think that's a good fake idea. Fake news. Eric, you're a man of brilliance. No. Jesus is a friend. Jesus, uh, a friend of mine. Marathon Mondays. On. Amen, brother. You
7: uh. taught me mm. how uh. to turn my cheek when people me.
0: Before, very good no no it's not it's
2: disturbing <laughs> mm. it's leading to an entire generation of, of more degeneracy it's terrible
3: I, I love Lori's um, response to my question she wrote me in all caps
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> I just wanted to thank everybody who shared our, our feed today thank you for sharing our feed it means a lot to us God love you Kathy's here Kathy. Kathy, she said, good morning, well, all. be to God. Good thank morning. you
1: for mentioning Missing Me yesterday. I listened to second half every morning after praying in front of the abortion clinic and Latin Mass, but unable to comment. Huh? Well, thank you very much, Kathy. It's good to see, y'all, see you here today, because uh, I, I kept on mentioning off air. I was like, you know, Kathy hasn't commented in a while. Uh, we should reach out to her, see if she's doing okay. Uh, so glad to hear from you.
2: Yeah, Kathy and Susan are normally our... Uh, our Metro Boston listeners hanging out with us on a normal balance, praise be to God. Uh, you know, we had, Kathy, we had Jim uh, Wahlberg on from Dorchester uh, on, in the last hour. Great, you know, inspiring story. We have to get him. We're going to talk about getting him back on for something longer, so more uh, long form so we can get more information out of him. Very good, very good.
3: What uh, interested me about his talk, though, was mm-hmm. about how he was... Um I guess he had that Catholic guilt thrown at him as a child.
2: Yeah. Well, in a lot of his interviews that I was listening to, he talks about how they were culturally Catholic, very common um, experience for a lot of immigrant-related families that come from Catholic countries. My wife's family is very much this way. You know, uh, Portugal, a very Catholic country, immigrants coming to America, especially Massachusetts and Peabody and 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 other communities, you know Fall river, those kinds of communities there 's a lot of piety there but there 's also a lot of culturally Catholic only there they get baptized, they get confirmed they you know they go to church Christmas, and Easter beyond that there's a there 's the hints of their Catholic faith in the kind of the things that they do, which is part of the, what I tried to or I did talk to uh, Kendra about you know you i I love looking at. Uh, cultures that have that Catholic faith woven completely through them, right? So the king cake is a good example, right? The king cake has Catholic roots, you know, and it's become secular. But if you, if you have eyes to see, you can see those seeds. So throughout the Austrian culture, everything, you know, had that Catholic faith uh, woven throughout. Portuguese, same thing. Irish, same thing. Wahlberg family, Irish, you know. So there's a certain things that they just do. They may not even know why they do them, but they do them anyway because that's their that's their traditions. That's their that's their culture. I'm so far removed from all of that, from my family and from our history, that we are I, my family's basically totally sanitized from that type of thing. So for me, it's it's really feels like the outside looking in. And um, Jim, talked about how his family was culturally Catholic, that they just didn't, they didn't, the, the faith did not have that depth uh, uh, in their life. It was just, well, we got baptized, we got confirmed because that's what we did. Um, and, you know, Christmas, Easter, those kinds of things. But it wasn't until someone told him, as he said today on the show, that God loved him, that it began to take root and a deeper level. And I think that's important. You know, I think, but the problem I think sometimes that we face is, we can often throw the baby out with the bathwater. We can often try to toss the good stuff out along with the bad. And it's, it's, it's a careful piece of business to, to recognize that, uh, you know, he, he would often say, Jim would often say in his interviews, nobody told me Jesus died for my sins. You know, and the problem is there's been many Catholics who have walked away from the faith making that statement as though in the Catholic Church, they do not believe that Jesus died for your sins. Trust me, the Catholic Church is proclaimed to the world that Jesus died for your sins. But as we all know, parish life, family life, it can vary greatly. Anyway, great conversation. Kathy said, I
1: listen to the first half of CDT during the day or evening. Love Gabe. Wish you would have him weekly, like <laughs> Jeanette Williams does with Sue Brickman, does every yeah, Wednesday, Brinkman, Wacky yeah.
2: Wednesday yeah I agree. yeah Gabe is a, is a winner. Joe DiMaggio was married to Marilyn Monroe. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I did know that. I just, I did not know that. I guess my my figures are, are fuzzy in my mind, so I got to be somewhat careful. Uh Joe Dimaggio, love Gabe, Fat fingers. <laughs> you know it's the worst thing. do you guys do you guys enjoy having conversations through texting? Yeah.: Not really. No.
3: No. I can't I'd rather stand it. If I have them. to say
2: more than seven things, seven words, I, I just get so frustrated. If I, I have I,
3: to reply multiple times, it's a phone call.
2: It, yeah, really. I can't stand there trying to conversate with people with my big old thumbs. It's the worst. And the phone always assumes I mean something different <laughs> and tries to correct me all the time. Have not you tried uh, It's not not voice
3: friend. to text?
2: It's, it's worse the voice <laughs> to text. Do <Turn> you <laughs> uh, Autocorrect. Ugh. Man, it's so frustrating.
3: I find um, group chats frustrating at times. It's just a lot of spam at (laughs) times.
1: Yeah, I don't. don't I'm in. I'm in a massive group chat with Josh Patterson and Alex Malone, two people who are on the uh, on the chat a lot. And uh, we're there. We're chatting (laughs) all the time. We have like if you if you ignore the chat for a day, we have like four thousand missed messages. It's uh, Uh. it's pretty crazy, but. yeah, I like texting. It's it's good to uh help communicate with your friends easily and uh and yeah, mm-hmm. that's I have a couple friends that like calling, so like my, my friend Cameron, uh, he's uh called him for the game show a couple times. He uh he loves calling, so he'll call me randomly. I'm like, "Dude, I'm at work." <laughs> uh he'll call me during the show once. like, "Bro, <laughs> what are you doing?" uh but yeah so but uh you know it it is what it is i i enjoy texting though i think it's a good way to have conversations with someone that is longer form that doesn't require me to reply
2: immediately Mm -hmm. i can uh i can put it off (sighs) and be like okay i'll reply to that later you know i'm gonna screenshot this because it's just really that good it's so insightful it's so brilliant it's so astute um it's so incredible i mean i think i'm gonna put it in, like, I'm going to put it on page number one of my Bible. Did you get it too. on a text? No, it's I'm scared. that good. No, it's right here. It's right. I'm going to screenshot that. I think I'm going to frame it and put it on the wall. It's, it's from Bruce Toman. Uh, and it says, quote, agree with you, Joe, unquote. Uh, this is brilliant. I mean, this is just, I'm inspired by that, Bruce. And if we can only get Adrian to, to, um, to understand, if you can help Adrian understand that agreeing with me is probably the better way to go. Don't you agree, Adrian?
3: His silence speaks volumes. <laughs> <laughs> A Silent nod.
2: Uh, praise be to God. No comment. <laughs> no comment. Mike K says we feel we, we feel that way because we are old grandpa. <laughs> Get off my lawn, kid! Get off my lawn. Speaking of old grandpa, <laughs> I may or may not have worn black socks while walking yesterday. With tennis shoes. That's <laughs> not. That's I, not weird. It I would get weird if you wore it's white socks. Neither confirm nor deny that I had black
1: socks and tennis shoes on yesterday. That's not bad. Yeah. If you wore white socks, then it'd be weird. Then No, it'd be no, weird. no, no. White it's, socks it's is black, the normal. It's black socks no. and
3: and and get off
4: my lawn. Get off
1: my lawn. Not anymore. Now it's white socks. <laughs> but um uh we speaking of grandpas oh, we wow. are we might oh, be wow. having the um trying to find the world day for grandparents and the elderly are uh is coming up soon and the people from the grandparent the catholic grandparents association are gonna might be on the show uh Ooh. coming relatively soon they emailed me saying Oh could you please kindly pass on the attached letter to Joe because we realize that he is a grandparent two times over and one of the elderly <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh they I de- did I, not I say sat- elderly okay okay they didn't say they didn't say
2: you were elderly it was implied though it was it was what the subtext it was, it was the subtext what they implied was uh uh you know a statesman uh mm-hmm. you know intelligent mature um you know they did not imply old. Good grief! Mm, yeah, I'm fairly certain. I looked.
1: I looked at the subtext, mm-hmm. and if you look subtext. in the yeah, if you look in the white, <laughs> in the white, in the white text, it says right there Joe is an old man, and that's why we are reaching out to him. It, it says it clearly. Clearly, if you squint and step a couple feet
2: back. Well, I tell you what. Uh, the day the day will come, and when it does, I will be there with my black socks on Mm -hmm. and my cane and my reading glasses laughing at you when you realize that you too are old. Well, Mm -hmm. and I will give God praise and I will say to the Lord, Lord, you may take your servant now for my eyes have seen the glory of God. Thank you. I appreciate that. And old (laughs) me is the glory of God. I appreciate
1: it. Yes. And uh, you know, sort of Josh, Josh Patterson comment down below. Um, it's well. It's a well-known fact that uh, I am an old man. Uh, everyone in our chat is like making uh, jokes, sending memes, and I'm like, "What are you guys talking about?" I have no idea what you guys are talking about, and I'm like, uh, I'm like a 90 year old man trapped in like a 23 year old guy's body, uh, but you know.
2: Joaquin says rocking the old man New Balance Monarch shoes (laughs) (laughs) Josh said uh,
1: (laughs) White socks with black tennis shoes Is the peak old man thing Yeah
2: baby (laughs) I did rock those yesterday It was kind of funny but that's... I don't care. What do I care? about? That's old. hilarious. Josh said, when I'm old, I want to be spry like Dr. Rebard. <laughs> Yikes, Dr. Rebard. He was fun to have on the show. Oh, he's he great. a great guest. I love Dr. Rebard. He's a Rebhard. very spicy guest. Yeah. Well, he's no, so much He fun. wasn't spicy at all. No, I mean. no, no. Like yeah. spicy in a good way. Yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh, let's see. Estella. Uh, that's Kathy, my grandma. Kathy says, Estella, may your birthday be uh, bright filled with joy. And delight, may God's blessings be new. Happy birthday to you. Aw, thanks, Kathy. I'll pass Amen. it on to my grandma. Yeah, my Kate. What Adrian does not know is that it will feel like two days. Seriously. What will feel like two days? The time
1: Aging? between the t- now and getting yeah. to it'll, be uh, it'll uh, 90? Go quick.
2: It'll go
0: quick. Yep. You know,
1: I don't plan on reaching that old, to be honest. I'm gonna. I'm planning on being killed way before that. Uh huh.
3: You're planning your martyrdom.
1: Yeah. Good luck. That yes. worked out for Saint Anthony, right? Uh. Well, you know, it worked out for a lot of saints. It didn't work out for Saint Saint Anthony, Francis, but it worked uh, yeah. out for a lot mm-hmm. of saints.
2: Saint Francis, like yeah. no. uh, all the Dominican
1: mm-hmm. martyrs, that were like, "Yeah, we're gonna go and die," and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna go and preach those heretics, knowing they're gonna kill us. It'll be fun.
2: Be fun. So, you know, good luck. Good luck with that one. You might find that uh, God's gonna keep you around for a lot longer. Nah. Nah. Forty nine at most. Uh. Betty says. Good morning. Grew up in Massachusetts. Lived it, but they so reject most of the Catholic values now. It is a to- It is toxic to be there. Yeah, in many ways it's true. You know, New England, um, I, as you all know, I lived there 10 years. That's where I became Catholic. Um, got married, started my family. <clears throat> um, New England is such a beautiful part of our country. There's so many beautiful uh, parts, especially like Maine and New Hampshire, Vermont. Very gorgeous, and there's... There's some quaint uh, villages and beauty, also in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. And you're just like, wow, this, this is really nice. And then, of course, the culture is, like you say, it can be very toxic there, hard to raise families in even. But even still, there are many good people there, many good Catholics who are, you know, uh, fighting the good fight. Similar to uh, our guest today, Kendra, who is in Los Angeles. And I kind of made that sort of... Uh, comment today, too. It's like, California, hmm, California's a tough place to raise families. You know, California's not really known for its vibrant Catholic culture anymore. And yet, there's families like Kendra's there who are, you know, persevering amidst the difficulties and challenges. And I remember when we were living in New Hampshire, we belonged to a certain parish, and um, I don't want to give the name in case (laughs) anybody's listening up there. I don't want to, like, upset too many apple carts here. But we were in a parish where things were a little bit left of center, liturgically speaking and theologically speaking. And it was a challenge. It was a difficulty, especially as we grew in our faith and we realized that there were many families in this parish who were also feeling incredibly frustrated by this. And, you know, one of the I remember having a conversation with one of these families, like, well, why don't you just, especially after I moved and we were still talking to them, like, well, why don't you just, just go to a different parish? And, and they said, no this is our parish. We're going to stay. And the priest is going to have to move, and we're going to change this thing. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, wow, very resilient, very, you know, uh, very difficult situation to find yourself in as you're trying to raise families is to, uh, to deal with that. But the reality is, as Kendra talked about that Catholic bubble, you know, we have to be the greatest influence in the lives of our kids. But at the same time, we have to prepare them for a world that doesn't want to hear that a world that is anti-gospel a world that is anti-christ and in the possibility of someday adrian getting his deepest desire of martyrdom that, you know who knows that could be a possibility we have to prepare our kids for that so you can't you can run but you can't hide that kind of thing anyway josh patterson bye says, joaquin joaquin have a great uh, fourth of july weekend god bless you uh, Josh Patterson says, My Boston Catholic stepmother pretty much left the faith because she was completely ostracized ab- after her divorce. I'm so sorry. That's very tragic. In 2012, I was speaking at a men's conference up there, and I brought my whole family with me because my wife's family's from there. So we thought we'd take a vacation on top of it. And we stayed in Charleston Bay at, with my, her brother, my brother in law. And uh, we went to Mass on Sunday at just two blocks up from his apartment and it was one of these old Boston Catholic parishes. I mean, big, you know, very uh, beautiful, uh, very old and there was only maybe two other families at the high mass. I mean, it was a Novus Ordo mass but it was like the 11 o'clock mass so it was like their high mass kind of thing. Uh, it was only two, the two other families. That's it. The whole place was there was almost more altar servers than there were people in attendance at the Mass. It was such a heartbreaker. It was so tragic. Um, but after the sex abuse scandal, especially, and then, of course, uh, parishes were being closed, shuttered, and there was a big fight, you know, uh, with the lay people, with the archdiocese. It was It was a very tragic situation. Um, Tammy, again, proves how intelligent she really is. Uh, she says, she says, I second, Mike. We need the horns of the apocalypse. Did you turn the volume down, dude? Turn the volume up, dude. What are you doing?
8: What are you doing? What are we talking about? The laugh with did the sound just the... makes
2: us <laughs> more. Yeah. Was it just me, or did that laugh sound a little diabolical? Oh, it did. It did. So I funny. second that. I heard like, like I, I, it, it sounded. The little, cackle was yeah, very. Like a cackle. Yeah, cackle. It did, didn't it? <laughs> Oh, the horns oh, it's so funny of the apocalypse! Uh, kind of, of that.
3: "Why do cows wear bells? Because their horns don't work. We need the horns." Wow. <laughs> I, s-
2: I see where you're going, Mike. I see where you're going, and that good one. Maybe we need to. Uh, hmm. Do we need to go there? I think maybe we do. Maybe we do. Maybe we do. Why do trees seem suspicious on sunny days? Why? I don't know. They're just a bit shady, I guess. Dude, you got to leave that alone. <laughs> Mike started Mike started
1: No you didn't get it You gotta leave that alone
6: (laughs) I am in physical
5: pain
0: (laughs) Uh. I missed that at first (laughs) Good one
2: that was a good one. Touche, good sir. Touche. You're welcome. Dan Vaccaro says, uh, as Pope Pius XI said, liberal Catholics are the worst enemies of the church. Yay and amen, brother. Amen. Yay and amen. Uh, all right. We're down to just a few minutes left in our show today. It's been a lot of fun. Praise God. A great show. Yeah. The only bad part about it
1: was we just didn't have enough time for a g- full conversation. Yeah. yeah. For That's sure. That's the worst part about for it. Sure. But everything
2: else was perfect. And the best part, highlight, was Bruce Tolman. I agree with you, Joe. I mean, I I, that we ought to put that on a button. That'd be Come good. Come on, man. Come on, what man. What are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about Lori, sometimes. Adrian,
1: R-O-F-L, uh, which is rolling on the floor laughing. That's funny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get this or not, but where do bees go to the bathroom? Um, mm. Do
3: they make a bee line to the restroom?
2: That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm going to give that one to you. That's, That's
3: oh, oh, okay. I, I think. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, tough, <uh-oh.
2: laughs> tough competition today. Uh, no, they go to the BP station. See, the reason why you won't get that because you don't recognize BP as a brand. Yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah. BP, my, I st- think my dad BP actually works work? for them. What's that? Your dad works for BP. Yeah. Really?
3: Yeah. I yeah, thought BP your dad was a exists. dentist. Um, they have, they have, a, they have, re- they take care, they really good care of their employees, and so they have like a whole like health um, system dedicated to taking care of their employees.
2: That's amazing. Yeah. 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 BP station. That's funny. But I'm bum. Uh, well, uh, Don, have a great Fourth of July. Praise be to God. Bruce Tolman, have a great Fourth of July. Praise be to Jesus. Have a great uh, weekend. I know you guys are signing off. Uh, Mike K, what do you call? Lazy kangaroos. What do you call them? Uh, pouch potatoes. Okay. okay. Like Joey's? Okay. You mean like Joey's? <laughs> I get it. I get it. Are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> Joe? Are you talking about Joe? Easy. Easy, buddy. Easy. Uh, I don't trust stairs, they're always up to something. Uh huh. Uh huh. I tried taking high resolution photos of local farmland. But they all turned up a bit grainy. Oh. High okay, high quality, top shelf, okay. grade A dad jokes. It's that, that you get. We're be when we need them. You only get the best dad jokes right here <laughs> yeah, on Catholic yeah. Drive Time. Hey, thanks for being silly with us. It's, it's fun to have a casual conversation with you, our CDT fans and listeners and insiders. And God bless you and God love you. Have a great Fourth of July. Don't forget, read the Declaration of Independence this weekend. I think it's an important opportunity for us to recall why we felt we needed to found a country to begin with. Why do we need to go to war? What should we be striving for? Let's read that document and meditate on that this week. And we'll see you back here Tuesday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Monday is a best-of show. Feel free to hang out. It'll be a great show all the, all the same. And God love you and God bless you. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us.